Hello and welcome to Tell the Tale Stories, the podcast that explores the joys and challenges of being creative so that you can more easily tell your own damn story. Hello, Alex <laughs> Simmons. How are you, sir? It's Chris Ryan, Alex Simmons, and Chris Ryan here at Tell the Damn, the damn Story, story. episode two thousand four hundred and sixty-nine. Give give or, or take one. Yes. Yeah, my yeah. calculus might be off a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but hey, Alex, how are you? I am. What's fine. going on in your writing world, brother? In my writing world, there's there's right, and then there's writing. Um, uh, actually, you know, just to to reference the day a wee bit, just for a moment there, brief mo. It's a Friday, by the way, folks. Just for you, we're recording on a Friday, Friday yes. because we have very exciting lives. Yeah, certainly. I can't wait. Dedicated to, to the craft, we are. Yeah, right. <laughs> but so we're recording this Friday, and I just spent a wonderful uh, week with a new semester of uh, writing students, screenwriting students, and it's been fun. Some of them were people I worked with last semester. And it's good to be back with them, a couple of new ones in there. And they remind me, you know, just dialoguing with them just reminds me of, A, where I was back in my early days of pursuing this. But also it it sort of revitalizes sometimes or causes me to focus in on what I would consider universal questions. In other words, creative writing questions that come up no matter where you are in your career. You know, sometimes you you've built up habits and formulas and methodologies that allow you to deal with these things. And it's you don't even think about it. It's like a, a reflex. And other times it's like, oh, yeah, well, I just went through that like a week ago. And you're somebody who's been, you know, Chris and I have been writing for over 30 years. And I'm talking to somebody who's been writing for ten, five years or one year or something like that. So um, it led me to thinking about revising and editing. And and just very quickly, the reason why it led me to think about that is because some of my emerging and aspiring writing students uh, were of the mindset that, you know, I've got to make sure that the words are absolutely perfect and brilliant and the, the absolute best choice possible before I put them down on the page. Yes. And we should really tell people that's ass backwards <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right that's butt ass backwards right that is the last thing that you're going to accomplish it is the thing that holds up a lot of writers no matter that's where they are they freeze because come on what is a what is perfect that's one and and two you know trying to find the absolute right word and you put it down and if it's not the right word then you're gonna have to do another one and do another one and do mm. another one you could be stuck on one page for days, weeks, months. Yeah, well, that allows me to tell the James Joyce joke. Oh, you know what? You have a James Joyce story? No, it's a joke. Here oh. we go. So uh, James Joyce's friend uh, came around to where he did his writing uh, at the end of the day. and take him out for a pint. And he finds James Joyce sprawled over his desk. And he says, James, how did the writing go? And he says, ah. Oh, I wrote seven words. <laughs> and uh, his friend says, James, that's great for you. And he says, I don't know what order they go in. <laughs> well, that's James Joyce. And James Joyce tortured himself his entire life, his entire career, 
and God bless them that, that you know, there are a couple of really just masterpieces. Some go beyond comprehension, you know, <laughs> never is what it is in order to put the words in. Yeah. But um, that's his joke. And, and don't be like that. We already had a James Joyce. You be you. Suffered and, enough for us. <laughs> and I'd like to give a different mental image for how you should approach your first draft. Very right. hot summer day. And you run out and do a cannon pole into the pool. That's how you should approach it. Just dive in, write it. You know, I always say, let it suck. Some people get, oh, oh my God, I can't. Why? Why is Spielberg on his way over to look over your shoulder? Why? Is your editor there? Is your editor living with you? Why? Well, what a concept, right? You know? The publisher is sleeping in the next room. Yes. Get the story onto paper. And then think of yourself as an oil painter or a sculptor, you know, and you're going to then massage it into the masterpiece you want it to be. Absolutely. But you got to dive in first. And Make speaking the big of splash. diving, speaking of diving, and you don't want to see me in a Speedo, I'm going to tell you that right now. Uh, uh, if you send nine ninety five, <laughs> I have two pictures. No, no. <laughs> so 2021 which came right after 2020. And, and those of you who you know can count uh, will remember it was um, the second half of a trying time. COVID. One of the things that I decided to do, because in 2020, I was thinking, you know, I'm just really not doing enough writing. Uh, I just feel it. I feel like I'm choking up. I'm starting to rely on, uh, I don't know, older experiences, past experiences. I'm not putting out new material. And so I decided towards the end of 2020 that I would make a promise to myself in the 2021, every month of 2021, I would write a short story, a piece of flash fiction, micro fiction, or a short story, but one story every month. And I remember you talking about it, and I think you talked about it on this show, telling yes. the damn story. Because why wouldn't uh -huh. I? So how did this project go for you? Did you go 12 for 12? I went 12 for 12. That's fantastic. Yes, Boom. Yes. We're Thanks. done. Print. One. Right, no, well, not exactly print. <laughs> not exactly print. No, no, not exactly. See, because there was a there was a prequel pro clause in there, in that promise. See, I said I would write a story a month. I didn't say it was going to be publisher ready or print ready. I said I would write one story a month, and I did. So you have 12 stories. 12 stories. That need editing and polishing. Yes. And and let me even tell you this very quickly. As I was sitting there, this is, this is again, you know, Chris and I talk about sort of like just letting the ideas come and flow and, and see where they take you. So I, I made the promise to myself. I, I, I stood there. I, no, I sat there in the easy chair in my mansion with the French windows open by night, and the bat flew in. Yeah. Uh, I said to myself, "Saw that coming." <laughs> yeah, of course you did. I said to myself, "Okay, I'm going to do this thing, right?" And then, as I thought about it, I sort of ruminated on it. I went, "Okay, so uh, the first one's going to be in January. Okay, so what am I going to write about? I don't know. Does it really matter?" I'm not, and I'm rambling like this, and eventually something says justice in January. I said, "Oh, oh, oh, I like mystery. Okay, so I'll, the first one will be a mystery story." 
And that was the rabbit hole that I went into. Because after that, for every month, a title, the title had to have the month name in it, the name of the month in it. And it had to somehow connect to something that was a mystery-based or adventure-based theme. And so by by the, the end of January, I had named the other months as well as written the first short story. So that's okay. what, so I wound up with, and this is again, this is by just letting yourself play, just giving yourself permission to go. I came up with an overall title for the anthology that still doesn't exist called Calendar Kills. All right. All right. So that was my, that was my, um, I guess my motivator. Right. Okay. So now I know that I'm going to do this, this, and this. Let me go for it. It's a great transition because you have 12 stories. Yes, I do. Calendar Kills. It's it's an anthology waiting to happen. As opposed what to you need to do is our topic today, which That's is, right. of course, revise and edit. Now, oh, you have a different stuff, but okay, yeah, right. revise and edit, yes. You have a different style of that or different procedure than I do. Yes, so I do. let's... Let's explain both of them and people who are listening and watching and hoping to get uh, uh, some some information they can use. They can mix and match or take both and we'll see what happens. So, ladies and gentlemen, here is the legendary. Oh, God. Here we go again. The absolutely mythic action Jackson Alex Simmons. He's going to talk to you about his method. That's right. This is a golden time for you. His method for revising and editing. Okay. So um, first and foremost, again, short stories versus screenplays. You're going to approach them a little bit differently, but the overall pattern for me is the same. Um, and I'm not saying that you you have to follow the set number of revisions that I do because I play with that even uh, myself. But I, I tend to approach revising my stories or my screenplays the same way to start out, which is a three-step process. So the first time I read through what I have written to see what the hell did I write? Does it make sense? Does the story hold together? So that's for clarity and, and just to become consciously aware of the story as a total piece. Does it make sense? Is it clear? All right. So that's the first time. And, you know, you read through it and you're making notes and side margins and things like that. I like to print my stuff out and write all over it. I'm I'm not one of those people that's 100 percent comfortable with doing everything on the on the computer screen. It's just that's a that's a uh, a good piece of advice. Sometimes printing it out and scrolling all over it, it puts you in a different mindset. You see the story different ways. Nicely done, sir. Please continue. Well, thank you. Well, I also find it's it's a liberating feeling, you know, to be able to mark something up. You know, it's it's it it just opens you up. But okay, so that's that's step one. Revision step two. I go back now, and now I am looking to see if the um the characters ring true, if they make sense, if they're interacting in ways that are authentic to who they are supposed to be. Uh, because again, we as readers follow stories, especially if you're going to look at films, you know, you're looking at yes, pretty pictures and everything, but you're really following the characters on his or her or its journey. So it's the same thing with books, you know, it's even more so dependent on the words. 
who are these people and, and why should I care? And if I care, how do I feel about them? And what are they about to go through? And I want to see what happens. So I have right. to make sure my characters are authentic and they ring true and they move with the plot and they, they really um, a benefit to the story. So that's step two. Okay. All right. Step three. <clears throat> okay. So I've, I've done clarification and I've identified the characters are basically acting the way I feel they should for the most part. Step three is dialogue. It is my practice, and anybody who's followed the show knows that Chris and I talk about this a lot, to know your characters, to define your characters, to really understand their personality, who they are, where they come from, how they talk, walk, all that, really impacts on what they say and what they do in the story, which, right. again, adds to authenticity. So I'm going through there, and I'm saying, when I read their dialogue, does it sound like this character is speaking or is it my voice as the writer? And so I go through and I will change words. You know, if this character has an accent or uh, has an education level that says, oh, they would use this word instead of that word. Or is it a character who doesn't speak very much? So I've had too much dialogue here and I got to pare it down. So that's what I do. I go through all of the story to make sure that it sounds right when I hear them speaking. So that's my three step. Passing through it, one, two, three, I have covered the basics of the story. Now, anything I do from this point on is really fine tuning. You know, mm -hmm. unless I've run into some big problems. But beyond that, it's really fine tuning, getting granular and all of that sort of thing. And it's still, hopefully, having fun and getting the job done. Yep. Monsieur, how do you approach your project? All right. So um, to preface that, you know, we would remind people that we're talking about revision and editing. Mm -hmm. So that's assuming a few steps have already been uh, uh, taken care of, you know, of course, writing the story. But for that's me, one, yes. walking around and thinking about the character and, and you know, I have this mythic list of um character bio questions that i really should just put out for 99 cents and um, i would i would buy it because yeah, i yeah. only have 40 i talked yeah, i think i have it might be up to last time i looked it was 138 but i think it might be up to like 157 at this point um but it's it's too many questions right the idea is you could go you know i, I love going to the mall with with glorious and, that's his that's his Liz lady. I just yeah, want to and whatever she does, wherever she's shopping, it doesn't make a difference to me because I'm not thinking about that. You know, <laughs> I'm thinking about the character I'm working on or the story I'm working on. And these questions, especially in the beginning of the process, it's really fun to get to know them. Now, some people they want their sheets and they want to answer all the questions. God bless them. I like to have it in my head, like I have my knowledge of Alex in my head, you mm. know, I don't, I don't have a dossier on, well, I do, but no, <laughs> I don't have a dossier on Alex, but I know from having experienced the friendship, I know things, I know how he would react to things. I know, um, you know, what, how he travels, how he travels, uh, what kind of place he lives in, what I'm uh, like how, how he interacts with people. And mm -hmm. none of that might be in a story, but I have it in my head. So all of that is for a different episode. Story's finished. I have, 
I like to say five steps, but you'll see the second step might, you might make an argument that's really two steps, but go with me here. And again, I learned most of this from more accomplished best-selling authors and screenwriters. You know, this is times I was honored to sit and talk with Richard Price or watch John Jake's talk or someone like that, or, um, Brian Keene or all these, you know, you listen to and, and exactly and when is it that you can never learn anything, Chris? When you're dead. There you go. There you go. There <laughs> and you go. Maybe up until that point. I haven't been there yet. Yeah, maybe you can. We'll find point. out. Yeah. Um, so I, I call this, or it has been called conscious intention. When you're gonna go to revise, you revise each time with a different intention. So First time I read through it is to check tone. Does it sound like the same story all the way through? Mm. You know, and um, you're also looking for coherent. You know, is it coherent, right? So you go through it, and the reason I do tone first is because that's kind of a a broad stroke. And if there's a big tone problem, it's okay, the story, all of a sudden, it sounds more like a Western. How did that happen? Right? And then you have to that that takes a bit of rewriting. But if you kind of like, yeah, it feels, it feels right. You know, I, I recently listened to Small Mercies, which is Dennis Lee Haynes new novel. And one of the things I loved about it was that, you know, wherever I was listening to it, I was transported to Southie, the Southie neighborhood of Boston. It always, always, always felt authentic in tone, uh, um, in character action. So that's what we're talking about. You want to read it, and and a good way to do this for you, for if you wrote the story, you're going to assume you know what it says. Read it out loud, because you're engaging your eyes, your ears, your mouth even your physicality in reading it. If the tone goes off, if there's a mistake, you'll trip over it. You know, this is where you want to be. Oh, oh, what, wait, wait a minute. Fix that up. Okay. So that's the first step. Second step is for character. Go through it much like you uh, go through it. And there's two, one, the first time I read through it, I'm looking for what they do. Do they always do things authentic to themselves? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, there's a you know, Joss Whedon's reputation has been tarnished, unfortunately. Um, well, he did what he did, whatever. Um, but there's this great story where um, one of the staff writers was about to hand in a script and he noticed that the character Xander hadn't had anything to say in the whole last scene. So he took a Willow, which another character, took one of her lines and gave it to Xander. And Whedon picked it out. He says, that's a Willow line. That's how well you want to know your story and want to know, all right, a character would a character would never do that. This character would never do that. So what would that character do? It's not a problem. It's an opportunity. Absolutely. These every step of these things, boy, this is what I taught in uh, uh, in my classes for thirty years. Everyone thought first draft you have to be done, and then it's done. And no, no, every time you go through it, it's an opportunity to express yourself to make it better. So if you find the tone is off or the character wouldn't do that, then that's a great opportunity to fix it, improve it. Mm -hmm. Then I go and I pay more attention to dialogue 
I study writers with dialogue, you know, Whedon, yeah, Dennis Lehane, Richard Price, you know, the better ear they have for the dialogue, the more hooked I am into how, you know, what they do and how they do it. So I want to hear, do my characters ring true in how they say things and how they speak to each other? Mm -hmm. You know, um, we in life very rarely call each other by name. Only on only on uh, tell the damn story do I say the word Alex to Alex. Yes, many times. <laughs> right? It, it's just we don't do that. So if your character is like Charles, uh, really, <laughs> unless there's an intentional reason, you know, he's the boss and he calls everybody by names and he always gets this person's name wrong, then that's storytelling, right? So um, I had two stoners in a story recently, and one always used bro. And the other one always used dude, not every line of dialogue, but when they used it, they used those two. So it allowed me to skip identifiers in a in a long string of stoner talk where every once in a while I throw in a bro or a dude, as long as it was the right person, <laughs> you'd say, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, that's Steve. That's Oki. Okay, I got you. So. I, that's my second part of the second step. The third one is uh, sentences and paragraphs. Am I going on a long run of really long sentences? Is that true to the tone and to the style of the story? You know, E.L. Doctorow could write a sentence that was two or three pages long. That's not me. That's not how my writing style is so any chance i see a sentence that goes like two or three lines i want to see how many sentences i can break that up to i prefer uh short direct sentences boom 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 also i was a journalist for a bunch of years and we tend to use really short sentences and then i studied uh uh screenwriting and cinema and made a few independent movies and I, I learned to think in terms of uh, edits and shots. And when the, in my head, when the scene shifts to a different angle, different camera angle, I tend to use a, a new paragraph to subtly denote that. So that's part of my writing style. So sometimes, you know, I'll go through the paragraph and see, did I, you know, did I make a, a, a camera angle cut and not change the paragraph and that kind of thing? It does it result in um, shorter, punchier paragraphs for my writing style. But when you see a longer one, it's one of those two shot, you know, if two people are talking or if one per you're, you're doing a dolly shot and one person is, you know, you just follow him through his uh, or her through a street or through a, a building or something. It's f intentional, right? So I go through that step to do uh, uh, kind of a cinematic edit. And then uh, I my last two, one is for grammar. We make grammar mistakes all the time. We do. And it's part of the process. It's not, oh my God, I can't write. I made a grammar mistake. It's, this is the time to catch those. And most word programs will put a little squiggly line and help you out, yeah. you know? But 
I go through one for that. And then the last one for spelling. Now I'll tell you, I, I really hope it's John Jakes because uh, that's the name that's stuck in my mind. But don't sue me if it wasn't him that told well, John us. John will it, sue you. So that's yeah, fine. John will say, hey, mother, it wasn't me. Yeah. Um, but one of those really big authors said, uh, yeah, I will read each word. He says, and, you know, I, I think he said either he sometimes does it or he knows some people who will read it backwards. Bill used to do that. Bill would yeah. read his sentences. A dear friend of ours and a writer and editor would read his sentences or his stories backwards sometimes because that way he's not focused on the intentions of the words or the sentence. He's focused on the word and the spelling, right? Yeah. So if that's a thing, if you like, ah, God, I can't spell. Well, then maybe going backwards, you'll be able to focus on it. And, you know, most most of the spell checks will catch it. But when you do your grammar, that's why I do grammar before spelling, because you'll you're looking for grammar. You'll notice, oh, I put T-O-O. It's supposed to be T-O. Okay, that's fine. Or, or the, the the nefarious T H E R T H E I R yeah T H E Y apostrophe R E. Those you are what? all the time. And and ladies and gentlemen, don't think oh I don't do that anymore. Okay, most of us don't, but it'll creep up. The last story I wrote, I kept writing T H or or. Autocorrect kept changing it to T-H-E-I-R, one way or the other. And I really had to go and focus and catch those. Right. Um, so with, when autocorrect is certain that it knows what you want to write better than yeah, you. Yeah. Well, you know, some like Word is really a business writing program. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do as well for fiction. No. So no. sometimes you're writing for fiction and it's like, well, what do I know? A business letter. They would cut what? that out. Doing a business letter. Yeah. Okay. So. I hope you see why each one of those had merit and why going to grammar and then going through spelling in that order makes sense. I would well, caution, however, okay, don't take don't try and do all five steps in a single sitting or one day <laughs> because your brain will melt and it's really hard to get melted brain out of your shirts. So <laughs> not, not to mention you won't catch it all. It, it's no, just, no, it no. doesn't happen. There's, there's this, a limit. This yeah, is gotta, one step at a time. And then right. you go and have a sandwich or walk yeah, the dog or approach, something. You've got to approach each one of them. <clears throat> pardon me. You've got to approach each one of them with a fresh air, a fresh mind, a fresh yeah. you know, moment in, in time where you've given yourself a chance, even if you've gotten up and gone for a walk or watch something or also whatever, and you come back and you're refreshed. That's it. Well, let's uh, Alex, what, what give me three things you like to do when you need a break to freshen your mind. Okay. Before I do that, I just want to quickly say that one of the things that you mentioned uh was in terms of sentences and, and breaking down of sentences, the simplicity of sentences. Uh there was a writer, and I I never I, I always forget to look and see where this person is now or what happened to him. His name is Jay Bennett. Jay Bennett way back in the 90s was doing a series of YA novels, mystery novels. Uh, one of them was called Sing Me a Death Song. And Bennett, who's an Edgar Award, Award winner, uh, was a master of, and again, we're talking about, quote unquote, uh, young people's books. 
but he would do these wonderful mystery stories and the conversations were simple back and forth back and forth between characters he didn't spend a lot of time on descriptions it was an easy read and yet you always felt like the characters were taking you through this experience with right. them you didn't feel like there was a narrator in there as an intrusion to the scenario or guiding you you were there with this person or these people as they were going through this thing jay bennett so um it, from that this is some years ago from that i began to realize yeah i can do short sentences it is a respectful thing to do as long as and this is where you had said this and triggered the thought as long as you're establishing the rhythm as right. long as you yeah as long as that's the rhythm that you're establishing for your stories if that's not it, using this technique becomes a, a different experience. Right. And E.L. Doctorow was a completely different reading experience. James Joyce, a completely different oh, reading. Yeah. Hunter S. Thompson is an amazing writer, but a completely, you know, he's, right. you know, and you should read widely and diversely. Yes, so that when you come back to your style, you recognize it more. Yeah. So you were you were asking me what what do I do? Yeah, you, you yeah. do you do one of these steps, and you really have to clear your head. So so one of what the are the things, things you like to do? Yeah, one of the things I like to do it's is like true confession time. I like to eat, you know, because <laughs> oddly enough, I don't you know sometimes when I get into writing or I'm I'm really into a story, I forget to do things like eating or drinking. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and and so one of the conscious things I do is, oh, I am stopping. I am going to go make a, either a cup of coffee or some tea or have some juice. I'm going to prepare a sandwich or I like if I don't want to have a meal meal. Um, one of my snacks, my favorite snacks is grapes and a little bit of cheese and some crackers. And, How about that? You and, didn't expect to hear that. this yeah, Right. And I'll kick back and I'll just enjoy that moment. And that is a conscious break yes things um, um I, I try not to think about anything complex in the rest of the world right. because i'm really trying to relax my mind what were you going to say interesting well i uh subtly in there is that you get up and move away yes yes you move away from your writing space very important to do that uh to move your body yeah. you know you go. Out, um, you walk with security, don't you? The uh... I walk with Sonny Melman. Yes, the yes. security company for our publishing. The, the security guard for our publishing. Yes, the there he is. Wonder with oh, the wet nose. Guy. Yes, wonderful yes. guy. Now, most often when I get up and say, "Oh, let's take Sonny for a walk," he is sleeping somewhere because you know high security guy right there. So I usually have to kind of rustle him up. Well, his, his argument is that he's up all night making sure That's that right. everything's protected. So he's, during the day, uh, you know. I read in, um, uh, in an article or something about dogs and sleeping, and they don't get deep REM sleep. And that's why they sleep more often. Mm. It's more surface, but because it's surface to get rested, they have to do more intervals or longer intervals. And so he gets a break on that. I have to let him go since I read that article. So you that's one. Dream of electric bones. I don't know. There you go. Um, eating, yeah, but I have to watch myself because I'll say, okay, you did something. You deserve a treat. This, and you look at the clock. Is it too soon for chocolate? No, 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 no. So <laughs> I try to I try to have some vegetables of you know 
or um, something protein oriented, that kind mm. of stuff. Um, if I can get out and take them for a walk, fine. But I have to do something to lift the energy, put headphones in and turn on usually some um, uh, fast uh, rock, rock and roll, energized yeah. rock and roll or dance music. Uh, and if no one's around, definitely I'll dance. You know, if the no dog one's is, around. Right? Yeah, if no one's around, because uh, you know, you can't do that with your sons around. They'll be like, "Oh, you know what? It's Dad, time. my eyes. My it's eyes are time. You know, we got to put them in the home." Yes. That's. <laughs> so let us let us go back to okay. We've taken a break, um, and we we've we've gone through. The How do you get yourself back to work? Well, I'm going to get to that in a moment. But again, staying <laughs> on the staying on the Did theme. You try again? <laughs> staying on the theme of, of editing and revisions uh one of the things yeah going back to working on it we've just said it you know you shouldn't try and do this all in one sitting or in one day you know right. i mean certainly if if you've managed somehow to, to mess yourself up and your deadline is is like five o'clock this evening then yeah you're gonna have to crunch but right. in a perfect world you're gonna give yourself a couple of days or more depending on the length of the project so that you can take breaks in and you can start each day fresh and go and work on another section. So assuming you have the five steps and you're going to do one a day, you give yourself five days to do that. And by the end of those five days, you're you're looking at a manuscript that you've you've dealt with respectfully. All right. You've given it some time. Your choices after that are depending on your circumstances. If you have been doing this as an assignment for somebody, you're going to turn it in and you're going to let them be the editor and they're going to give you some feedback on it. If this is something you've done for spec or you still got more time, you might want to turn it over to somebody else for a read to get mm -hmm. some reaction. That's another way to go. The thing that you really want to be able to do, and this is hard, is know when to let go. Well, yeah. Yeah. Is, is um, knowing, Okay, I've done my job. I've done as best I can. I need somebody else's eyes on it, or I need to turn it over to the client. Let it go. That's if you have a deadline. Yeah. And that's that really helps. If you're publishing something independently, or you're going to make your own film, you have to have the discipline to do that. Mm -hmm. One way to do that is to have a calendar on a wall where you write on one particular day, script finished, short story finished, whatever. And you mm -hmm. circle that count and and you have to you have to make a contract with yourself. It's done by that day. And give yourself a reward when you hit it. A piece of chocolate. No. Uh, <laughs> walk the dog. Broccoli Listen covered to... chocolate, right? <laughs> um but that's the death of so many independent projects that they don't adhere to their own deadlines. Yeah. So do that. Write that count. Keep that keep that promise to yourself. Now, we just heard a lot of wisdom from a man who wrote 12 stories and didn't edit them. So <laughs> yes, there is that other scenario where holy god, I am on crunch time. And you did one of the steps and you went out and you made yourself a sandwich and you danced in the kitchen and the dog free kind of looked at you weird. Mm -hmm. And now you got to get back to the table. You got to get back to the desk, whatever it is. There are a bunch of different ways to do it. 
Some people don't realize they're distracting themselves. Say, so, oh, let me just go uh, uh, hit the men's room or ladies' room. Uh, let me just wash my hands. I just want to, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go and talk to the boss about something. Or I'm just going to, if you work at home, I'm just going to put the laundry in. No, 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 no. You're working now. That is a different part of your life. Mm-hmm. One thing you have to do is get in the room. Close the door. Don't open the door until you've done more work. Yeah. Right? So now you're in the room. One of the ways that works, you know, the, when you're writing the story, of course, the trick is to go back a couple of paragraphs. Boom. Right? Sit down. Get your whatever your file, your work in progress out on the screen, whatever. And look, uh, I use a four color pen because I like to have the different colors. Uh, look what step you're, you're finished and put a check on that finished one and read the next step you're going to do or tell yourself the next step. All right, now I'm going to look, I'm reading through for this. This is my intention. And then begin. Don't give yourself a conversation. Don't go up. I just want to wash my hands one more time. I'm going to get another drink. Start working. Just again, it's kind of like diving in, right? Uh, it's another, it's not quite a cannonball. You did that before. <laughs> now it's a, you know, it's a more easy dive off the rim there. So, yeah. yeah. So it's a more focused, more finesse yeah. dive. But you just got to get it. And, and it, within three paragraphs, all those other distractions will fall away. And you're, you're ultimately you're, ultimately you're looking at making sure that you keep the promise to yourself that you're you're gonna do the job. You've written the script, now you're editing it, and you're gonna edit it into the stages, maybe the stages we've suggested, maybe ones that you've learned elsewhere, but that you're gonna complete that task. And once you complete that task, you kept the promise to yourself. And then the work can move on to its next stage, whether that's Again, something that was solicited, something that you're going to like. Chris has been doing uh, answering uh, certain uh, options, open and calls, yeah, open calls to get that out to magazines and other publishers and all that. Uh, or if you have a publishing deal and blah 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 blah. Or right. it's an independent project and you've set up your own timetable. You've mm -hmm. kept the promise. Right. And to bring this towards a close now, uh, Chris <laughs> said something when we were in the green room. Chris said something uh, regarding uh, my 12 stories, right? So, like I said, oh, I, would yes. I promised I would write them. I didn't say anything about they would be publishing material. I said that I would write one a month, and I did. Uh, so Are I you talking about the challenge? Yes, the challenge, yes, right. <laughs> so I promised I would do that. So now Chris says to me, so, okay, so you're going to publish them? And I said, well, I mean, I, I promise. He says, no, 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 no. So since it took, you know, the time it did to get them all written, he felt that, um, a week because they're short stories. A week well, I, I opened negotiations with a week. Well, I'm just gonna say what you said. <laughs> he said a week per story on the editing process. Mm -hmm. so if I if I do that, we're talking 12 weeks to edit 12 short stories to see if I could do that. Now, as you just said, it's open for negotiation. So, so do you want to negotiate? So I'm I'm thinking yes you know it's 2023 it's 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 what is it May 5th yes May 5th of 2023 and if we're looking at 12 weeks hang on here I'm going to look at the 12 Wait, weeks I'm I'm going to give you I'm going to dangle 
a little something in front of you. Uh-oh, he's dangling again. Okay. Okay. What if we try with the first story, you know, the January story? Mm -hmm. One week. Okay. And we report back on Tell the Damn Story how that artificial goal how did that mesh with your very real life because ladies and gentlemen alex simmons leads a very busy <laughs> running everywhere all at once uh everywhere kind of right. michelle every, yao every time, he's every kind time. of michelle yao in his real life yeah. running. <laughs> he's everywhere all the time <laughs> <laughs> all at once right all at once um so that would oh, yeah. be if if it's a week from today, that would be the twelfth yeah. of May. Okay, all right. So why don't we do that? Why don't we we Just see how the that, first first, one. that first dive works out, and then we'll negotiate the other eleven. Yes, there we go. Okay, <laughs> so you've heard it here first, folks. Uh, whenever you listen to this, and this will probably be Sunday's show. So on on May twelfth of of twenty twenty three, I will report to Chris. As exactly to as to exactly and, how, and as to editing the audience. Process. Well, yeah. Well, we'll record to the listening we'll public. We'll record. We will record. <laughs> we will record. Okay. So we'll, we will do that. We will do that. So on the twelfth, I will record. I will report to Chris and record how things went with cool. that edit of the first story, which is January Justice. All right. Very cool. Okay. So, folks, I hope what we said was a wonderful empowering use to you i certainly know that i feel better about it uh and thank you chris for sharing yeah. your thoughts and 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 experiences as always sir as always, always my honor and Please. ladies and gentlemen take what's useful to you as yep. long as you keep moving forward in telling your damn story yeah all right and leave us some comments and questions anything that uh, along those lines that you know you might have wonders about and we will respond as quickly as we can. Yeah, write some Alex Simmons haikus. That would be cool. <laughs> Chris, take care of yourself. Peace. I'm worrying about you. Take care, everybody. <laughs>